It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them. And easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipittv. Hey, everybody. John Barcher checking in with you, and I am getting so excited because football is right around the corner. We are just days away from seeing Kirk Coupons, a.k.a. Kirk Cousins, throw some dirt balls, kick up some worms. I can't wait. And if real football is right around the corner, that also means that fantasy football is right around the corner. And there's no better way to play fantasy football than with our friends over at DraftKings. DraftKings is hosting a $100,000 contest this Sunday that is 100% free. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion with a B. Billion. That means we're buying a yacht. That means we're going someplace hot. That means we are drinking fancy drinks with umbrellas in them for the rest of our lives. And that is all courtesy of... Of DraftKings. So get to DraftKings.com right now. Use the promo code BGNR to play in DraftKings free contest with $100,000 in total prizes this Sunday. And if you draft the perfect lineup, you can win $1 billion. That's promo code BGNR to play for your shot to win $1 billion this Sunday. The contest is totally free to enter, so why wouldn't you try it? DraftKings, the game inside the game. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Welcome into the Counterpoint Podcast, brought to you by PGN Radio and PGNRadio.com. I'm your host, Jack Fritz, as always. And guys, I'm going to start off today's show with a, a bit of a hot take. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for football. And I know all of you feel the exact same way. But today really just changed everything. Um, you know, I was excited for preseason football, obviously, like everyone should be. Um, because preseason football, even though it's not regular NFL football, it does mean stuff. And I have a weird feel. I have a weird obsession with finding under the radar talent 
and hoping that they turn into stars here for the Eagles. It's like one of my weird obsessions with football is like fine is is I become obsessed with like seventh and undrafted players, seventh round picks and undrafted players that turn into stars. And basically, I don't think the Eagles have been very good at that, and I think that's a sign of a good organization. So I've become kind of obsessed with that over the last couple of years. But preseason's great, right? But now we are here for the for the regular season. And I was driving into work today, and I was in the car around like four in the morning, tired. It was my third straight day of waking up early. Um, and in the midst of all of this tiredness, I began to feel warm inside, and and something took me over. And I just started smiling. I started smiling and saying to myself, football. Football. And I got happy. And then when I got to the station, it was just me pretty much just walking around saying football. And after I just said football to myself, like a simple human being, I played played all of the NFL theme songs. To get ready for today. I went on YouTube. Played every single NFL theme song. And it woke me up better than coffee. It was fantastic. I didn't stop. I, I, I usually stop for coffee. Every morning. On my way to work. On my, at Wawa. Didn't stop today. Because I was listening to the soundtracks. Of the NFL theme music. It was the best way to start a day ever. Just, just the best day ever. Football is here. We have made it. I know it's only the Chiefs and Patriots, but I'm really excited to see what 70,000 clown faces look like on fans. I love, I know we all hate the Patriots, right? But I love how petty they are about Roger Goodell. I love that they want to make him eat his words so bad. And I love that they have this deep, vengeful hate for him. Because in sports, we don't really see that anymore. We don't see the deep, vengeful hate Everyone pretty much likes each other, and I, I don't like that. We still we still feel that way for for our NFC's opponents, but the deep vitriol that they have for 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 Roger Goodell is just respect from a city that hates a lot of things. Mad respect to them for for their deep hatred hatred of Roger Goodell. But I also get mad at Patriots fans because I listen to a lot of Bill Simmons podcasts. Bill Simmons is is one of my favorite podcasters out there. And he did a podcast with, I forget who, but it was, it was, he was counting down the 25 greatest Patriots games ever. And you know what number 21 on that list was? It was them beating us in the Super Bowl. A fucking Super Bowl was the 21st best Patriot game he can remember. That is ridiculous. And I go back to immediately hating Boston all over again. And speaking of Boston and, and speaking of the Patriots... Our friend, actually not really our friend, but Mike Lombardi had had comments this week about Doug Peterson, and they were like pretty mean-spirited comments. Hey, Fred, meet the Eagles head coach, Doug Peterson. Now, everyone knows Peterson isn't a head coach. He might be less qualified to coach a team than anyone I've seen in my 30-plus years in the NFL. Mike Lombardi, I value his football opinion. And I think he's generally a pretty smart football mind. What the fuck, dude? <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, Mike, buddy. Um, if you said that before last year, most would agree with you. 
But saying that now, after Peterson went seven and nine, uh, the team was on the brink of falling apart, and they've clearly played for him. And if you listen to these players talk about Doug Peterson, they really like the guy. And maybe it's because he's a soft and a pushover, but I don't think that's it. I think they genuinely like Doug Peterson. If the play, I will, I will always take the mood of the locker room over some talking head, and that's the annoying thing about about Mike Lombardi is I think he's turned, uh, he's turned more into a a talking head rather than an actual evaluator of talents and an evaluator of things, uh, an evaluator of football in, in general. And you know the ridiculous part of all this is Mike Lombardi wasn't even a good fucking GM, like Mike Lombardi. And his is like at best an average general manager, and even average is a reach. Here's just a, a couple of the highlights from Mike Lombardi's tenure. So he, he he traded Randy Moss for a fourth round pick, and told the media that Moss couldn't run anymore. I'm just gonna sip on this tea real quick. Yes, Randy Moss couldn't run anymore. He then proceeded to draft Jamarcus Russell number one overall. And we all know how Jamarcus Russell turned out. Then he gets hired in Cleveland and takes Barkevius Mingo, number six overall. This is all while leading the personnel of his of his organizations. Lombardi came out with this piece when he first started at the Ringer, evaluating how to select a franchise quarterback. Like he was some guru at drafting a franchise quarterback, even though. This is his quarterback record. These are the quarterbacks that Mike Lombardi has personally drafted into the NFL. And tell me if you've heard of any of these guys. Because I follow football pretty closely. And maybe this is a little bit before my time. But I don't remember any of these people. Scott Barry. Now, the only Scott Barry I know involved with sports was the umpire that threw out Ryan Howard in that Royals-Wald game in 2011 where Royals-Wald played left field. That's the only Scott Barry I know associated in sports. Now, was he a former quarterback turned umpire? I'm not sure. But Scott Barry definitely wasn't a good quarterback. Steve Slayton? Don't know. Clemente Gordon? Don't know. Keith McCant? No. Eric Zier? Z-E-I-E-R? Don't know who that is. Marcus Toyasapo? Heard of him. I think he was a backup quarterback. Andrew Walter, I'm pretty sure, was a cool, was a guy with the Raiders. It was shitty. And finally, Marcus Russell. And if you want to know how bad Mike Lombardi was at his job, was that he got replaced by Ray Farmer. And Ray Farmer sucked at his job. But you know what? He was probably better than Mike Lombardi, who lasted one year as the Browns general manager. Good shit. And may I please remind you, Mike, then when Andy Reid got hired by the Eagles, he was a quarterback's coach. He was never the coordinator of any team, and he's with one organization. Doug Peterson at least was a coordinator. Now, I know he didn't call plays, but he was a coordinator. And he, he learned from Andy Reid. And he played in the league for 14 years. Andy Reid never played in the league. Is that true? I'm not sure. I don't really fact check that well. But I'm pretty sure he didn't. And Doug Peterson did. Now, was he great? No. But he played in the league. And he knows how these guys work. So these these claims were so clearly aimed at Howie Roseman. I think I heard through sources that back in the day, um, 
Mike Lombardi was pissed that they chose Howie over him, basically early in his career, and he's pissed that he's pissed that he's seen Howie rise up so so far from what he was when when Lombardi was here in '98, I think. So it was a clear personal attack on Doug Peterson that I just did not think was fair. But we'll move on. Well, actually, I'm not going to move on for a second because now I think we all have to be so far in Doug's corner. We just have to be. Like, we could all think that Doug Peterson may not be a great coach, but I tell you what, I'm now behind him 100%. I want him to succeed so bad because I live for <laughs> I live for the retweet. I live for a retweet like this that set, makes a people makes people sound so stupid. That's why I was all about retweet Armageddon. I love retweet Armageddon. And I want the same thing for this Mike Lombardi take. And I want it to be Doug. And also what I was thinking about is if Doug wins here, if he wins a Super Bowl here, we are going to have two of the dumbest people ever bring home championships as coaches in our city. And that would be Charlie Manuel and Doug Peterson. And maybe that skews our thinking of coaches into we're going to just draft dumb sounding guys or we're going to sign dumb sounding guys because Doug Peterson and Charlie Manuel both sound pretty dumb but moving on I love the how he cut Dallas Thomas and I, and I heard some heard some takes like from I think Elliot I think Elliot was pissed that they cut Dallas Thomas or something this is what 100% the right move you can't have a guy named Dallas on the team you just can't do it he gets booed when he gets announced. Like Dallas Thomas could develop into a pro bowler, and I'm pretty sure we'd still boo him. It's just how it is. And in my weird, demented, demented way, the way I envisioned Howie bringing in Dallas and telling him that he was cut was on the last day and as the last cut. I hope that Howie made him the last cut on the last day and left him hanging there, thinking he was going to make the team, and then. When he brought him in, I pretty much picture Howie getting into a real deep godfatherish voice and saying, you really think we keep a guy with the name Dallas? Fuck out of here. And then told him to get out. It's exactly how I envisioned Howie doing it. And if he didn't, I'd be a little disappointed. But that's how I envisioned him doing it. You can't have a guy named Dallas on the team. He gets booed. And the locker room suffers for it. John, welcome to your debut. You had a debut last week, but it wasn't really a debut. Very quick. It was a quick By debut. By the way, it's time. Is it that? It's time. Did you see Bovada? No. Went from 100 to 1 to 33 to 1, just like that. It's time. Have they been listening to the Counterpoint Podcast? They, they must have been listening to the Counterpoint Podcast. Are they nervous about taking my $5? <laughs> they are not nervous about taking the $5. Okay, because I'm very close. And I know the season starts in like two days, so I really had to make a decision quick. Um, it's probably going to happen. I'm going to invest in Carson because, like the Eagles, I too am putting my money where my mouth is. <laughs> okay. So we're going to do some Eagles over-unders, and these are, you know, they're counterpoint over-unders. They're not your usual stupid, hey, is Alshon going to play 16 games over-unders? These are more, impor- more important than that. Let's get started. Doug's average use of starting questions with well in press conferences Ooh. over two and a half. Like per uh, per press conference? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the over on that. I feel like he starts every single question answer with, well, well you know. 
Well, the thing is, yeah, yeah, and it's yeah. just kind of like, yeah, and then it just goes into a regular answer after that. Yeah. You know? It's the four seconds of, well, what am I going to say? What am I going to yes. say? What am I going to say? The thing with the doctors is they're bad at their job. I don't know what is coming next, but I'm assuming it's something like that. It's like when I recorded my first episode of CounterPoint, and you guys were like, wow, you have really good spacing to your words. And it was actually me just trying to think of what I was going to say next. <laughs> well, because a lot of people just go, uh, mm-hmm, uh, ooh, which, uh, by the way, there was like 20 of them in your latest one. I'm talking so, shit. Yeah, you yeah taking, I am. I had to take you, them all out. You taking a dig at me listen, on my own, on my own listen, show? Gotta, I got I to gotta bring you right back down after you put yourself back up. God damn it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Keep me level-headed. Um, <laughs> failed end arounds to Aguilar. Ooh. Over four and a half. No, I'm taking the under. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think they only run that a couple of times this year. Really? Yep. I disagree. I think it's going to be, I think you'll see a, a Torrey Smith version of that. Okay. I think you'll see uh, a Corey Clement version of that. Corey Clement? Mm-hmm. Why? Yeah, b- at, least, at least let Pumphrey do it or something. <laughs> Why would you let? He's not fast either. <laughs> Neither one of those guys are fast, even though they're like, yeah, these guys are fast. They're not fast, gang. So you're going to LeGarrette Blount end around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's the best part. <laughs> Uh, wide receiver pass up 10 with eight minutes left in Dallas <laughs> over 0.5. Wait, wait, okay. I need that one more time. <laughs> Doug's going to call. All right. All right. Wide receiver pass up 10 with eight minutes left in Dallas. Oh, uh, they're up 10 and there's eight minutes left. Yes. And who is going to, who, who are Do they you think going? This is going to happen. I have the overset at 0.5 because, <laughs> because if you remember, he called this shit with Josh Hoff last year. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, that. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, uh, um, who's it going to be though? So if Huff is out, was anybody a former corner quarterback? Greg Ward. <laughs> who's on the practice court? They're just going to bring him up specifically for that game, just for that one play. When you you got to zig when others are zagging. Hey guys, it's second eleven, and we really need a first down. I know what to do. Go get me Greg fucking Ward. So are you taking the over of a half or not? <laughs> um, no, I'm taking the under. Good. I don't think it happens this good. Good, because if you see this shit again, <laughs> Doug's getting a one-way one way ticket out of town. Cowboys fans tweets about Alshon's PED use when he goes for two touchdowns in Dallas is set at over one and a half million. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one and a half million. That's a, that's a strong line, and I, I think I will take the over. Uh, and if they're going to really bring up PED use... Whew, they need to they need to start looking at their own squad there. I can just many, a, a many. I can just see them tweeting out PDs, 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 and then Jimmy Kemsky with a great like little uh, stick figure. Yeah, with them being like <laughs> PDs, PDs. <laughs> Jimmy, get on that if you yeah. if you don't want to be a dumpster fire this year. Um, an update: How do you, do you think Jimmy's going to be a dumpster fire this year? No, no. I think he's uh, had a really strong camp. I think he's come out firing. And he hasn't stopped uh, thus far through the Ezekiel Elliott trials, through uh, taking shots at uh, former radio hosts in Philadelphia. I think he's on his. He's he's really really strong. I think he had a strong camp as well. The Matt McGloin uh, brotherhood, uh, you know, firing back. He's good. He's sharp. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if there was an MVP beat, I'd I'd say maybe put some odds on that. Put your money down there. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> the first fire Doug Peterson calls the WIP over under week one and a half. Uh, I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take the under because they if they lose to Washington, I think that's when you're gonna start hearing it. He lost this game with blah blah blah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, Eagles fourth down conversions 
over under 27 and a half. 27 and they a attempted, half? They attempted. Actually, I should have I wrote this differently. I'm going to change it. Eagles fourth down attempts over under 27 oh. and a half. It was 27 last year. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take, uh, take the over. Because yeah. I think that I, I buy it by a hair. I think they actually like go for it 30 times. This I think year. he wanted to, to do it more last year. He definitely did. But he didn't have Blunt. I think blunt change. Or the horses were a lot of de- yeah, I, I like I like big balls, Doug. I hope that never reverts. Wentz mentions God in a post game interview over under how many times? I'm gonna say five and a half times. In the interview? No, just like in the accumulation or during the season. Of, over the whole season. Ooh, I'm taking the over. Five? That's really low. Yeah, but he doesn't really mention him in interviews. In post game interviews or or even um, even on the even the press conferences. I think that he will slip out more than five. He will. He it won't won't be like. First of all, I have to thank God. It'll just be. It'll be slipped in there. You know, keeping my faith in the Lord or something like a, a version. A God of reference. That. Yeah, God reference more than five times this season. So so, but that also has to predicate some success, because you don't get a post game interview and a loss. <laughs> That's very true. It's very yeah, true. Thank you. Um, Aguilar drops four and a half. Over. Really, he had four last year over really yeah he's gonna have a he's gonna be on the field more yeah. i think so he's on the field i'm gonna take that uh this is the zach Ertz breakout year over 0.5 <laughs> now take the under I, I i'm still not uh i know that there it's amazing how we just keep using the same cycle over and over again like it'll be fine it'll be effective it'll be it'll be it'll be you know part of the safety valve but uh yeah he's not gonna have a breakout year it's like, I don't know, whatever people are expecting is a breakout year. Well, Ray Diddy said he's going to break the Eagles' all-time receptions record. Damn, Ray Diddy. Uh, I mean, you got to respect that. Maybe I'm wrong then. Maybe it is the breakout And year. he doesn't like Zach Ertz very much. No, he doesn't. So that surprises me a little bit, which means they probably have a lot of shit dialed up to Zach Ertz this year, right? I would think so. Um, yeah, I'm, st- I'm, I'm still I'm still going to go under, I'm Okay. say. Yeah. John Barchard appearances on the NFL Network, over 1.5. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna take the over because I know there's at least there's at least three yeah, more. I think I'm in. You've got and ins- I was only in for like thirty seconds. So you've got inside. Thanks, information. Tom Brady. Inside information. Um, <laughs> Jason Peters false starts over nine point five. Yeah, nine I'm last. Gonna, year. I'm gonna take the under because I think he misses a couple of games this year. You motherfucker! There it is. Why? There it is. You asshole. Fourteen games. Don't you Jason put that evil on me, Ricky Bobby? Weeks Daniel Pumphrey plays over 1.5. Zero. He plays okay. zero. He plays That's none exciting. weeks. <laughs> Mike Lombardi gets another NFL job. <laughs> um, I, I think he's I think he's also out. You don't make those comments without thinking you're going to get a job. No, I think he's completely blackballed. Doesn't somebody He's just mad at the Eagles too, right? That's what we were just talking about. He just yes. the, there's some rumblings I forget uh, exactly what was going on, but he's mad at the Eagles for some reason. Oh, cause he, uh, whatever he was, he worked there early, and, and then they let him go yes. after Ray Rhodes and stuff. Well, kiss my, kiss my balls. How about that, Mike Lombardi? BGN Radio Podcast a week over under fifteen and a half. <laughs> I don't know the way we're the way I'm. A, we'll take the under. God, I hope it's That's not the a over. A lot of guns. That's a lot of stuff. But we're getting there. What are we at now? We're almost at a lot. Ten. We're at ten already. So maybe okay. I don't know. Vinny Curry, weeks of disappointment, over under 17 and a half. Well, way under, <laughs> way under 17 and a half. What? Yeah, I'm going to say, I'm going to say there's only seven weeks of Vinny Curry disappointment. Wow. 
But by that time, Derek Barnett will be great, and we won't care anymore. Breaking news, John Barshard. High on Vinnie Curry this year. <laughs> Amount of cheese sticks shown being made per broadcast. Over, under, three and a half. Over. Way over. Really? Oh, my I God. I think it's only three. They, they over, they, primetime games, man. There's too many primetime games. And the Thursday night game. Oh, that's in Carolina, though. So, yeah, there's too many primetime games at home. They won't do more than three. Oh, they'll do way more than three shots. Three a quarter? Three and a quarter? Uh, what does a quarter shot count of? Just like no, no, no the, just three a quarter. Three a oh, three a quarter. Gotcha, gotcha. No. Uh, uh, spread out. I just think there's there's at least one cheese dot. Cheese dot? Yeah, that's yes. that's the new term. By Woodrow's the way. a new a Woodrow's cheese dot uh, shot uh, all the time. Zach Erver, Zach Ertz average yards after after catch <laughs> over three and a half. <laughs> uh, I'm taking the under. Really? Is, yeah, it, yeah. Is it three and a half last year? Yeah, I'm taking the under on that. I think it's going to be, uh, well, he might just be wide open, too, and there might not be anybody around him. So uh, I'll take the over. I changed my mind on that. You should, because I yeah. think that's the right answer. Yeah. Uh, and finally, the most important one, Eagles over eight and a half. Uh, bu- 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 I'm over because I said they win nine games. So I Boom. think it's a solid nine. Boom. There it is. John, thanks for joining me. Thanks, pal. I'm going to say something here that, I think a lot of you are going to be shocked by. If, you, if you've listened to this podcast enough, I, I'm pretty irrational. And I don't always think right. But I think it's really immature that people don't draft Cowboys in fantasy. Did Jack just say that? I did. Listen, fantasy is a business at this point. Now, I know a lot of us like playing fantasy to talk shit on friends after you beat them. But in the end... We're gambling on our football knowledge. It's gambling. That's what it is. It's immature not to draft good players. And the Cowboys, whether you don't like them or you do like them, they have good players that can help you in fantasy. And no, and you know, and I hear people with this argument saying like, well, you know, I don't want to root for Cowboys. You're not fucking rooting for Cowboys. You're not standing up and cheering if they score a touchdown. You're still just as mad as you usually are. You're just as mad. It just helps you win. It's a business decision. Having a cowboy on your fantasy team is a business decision. Fantasy football is a business now. I know we still like to play for fun, but in the end, you're gambling your money to beat your friends also, talk shit, and all of that. It's a business decision to have cowboys on your fantasy team. And in the end, they're going to make your team better. They just are. I drafted Cole Beasley in a lot of drafts this year. And I think I like it a lot. Am I going to be happy when he torches the Eagles and makes Patrick Robinson look bad and all that shit? No, I'm not going to be happy. No. But you know what? It's the right move. And I think it's really immature when I hear people say, oh, I'd never, I would never draft a cowboy in fantasy. Yes, you fucking will. Stop. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. You draft cowboys. Because they help your teams win. And then if you're not going to draft an NFC East player at all, then guess what? You're not very good at fantasy football. And you better not be investing money in it. Because you know damn well sure you're not going to win. Just how it is. I'm sorry. Every Friday during the season, a new counterpoint is going to come out. And in that new new counterpoint, most of it's going to be gambling talk. Because, you know, there's not much gambling talk on a lot of podcasts or radio in general. And it needs to be talked about because the line pretty much dictates how I feel about every single game. I do an all right job 
of taking emotion pretty much out of it because of the line. Obviously, once the game starts, that's a different story. But when I see the line come out, I'm either really happy or really not happy because I think the Eagles are going to lose. And when I saw this line come out, I was ecstatic. I think the Eagles are an absolute stone lock on Sunday because of the line. The Eagles, if you haven't seen, are minus one point favorites. And it's been up at least to one and a half I've seen. And it might, it's going to change by Sunday. So this is a Friday. So, so we're the trust tree. Right now it's one. Maybe one and a half in some places. Don't fucking tweet me on Sunday saying, hey, the line changed, asshole. Don't do that. Don't be that guy. Okay? This is, this is, this is recorded on a Friday, two days before. But as the line stands right now, I am very confident the Eagles are going to win this game. I personally think that the, the, the Redskins are four points better than the Eagles. I like the Redskins more than most people in this town. And I give Kirk Cousins more, more credit than most people do in this town. I don't call him Kirk Coupons. He kills the Eagles. <laughs> he fucking kills the Eagles. It sucks. I don't like losing to, to an absolute dork like Kirk Cousins. But that's changing this week. I don't understand how you can make a line in the Eagles' favor when the team has lost five straight games against them and they're on the road and with all the roster turnover the Eagles have had. I think that's ridiculous. And I feel as if I love... See, I personally love going against the public in any gambling scenario ever. The public are fucking idiots. And the public is going to look at this line. Your average dumb better is going to stumble into this line like a deer walking into the middle of the road. I feel like I've used that analogy a lot. I think that there's three straight podcasts where I've used that deer reference. But it's kind of just explains a lot of things. Also, really hate deer. Can't stand deer. When they get when they when I see them on the side of the road, roll down my window and yell at them to not come on my road. I hate deer. They're so unnecessary. They're they are the absolute worst. And why why are they so stupid? Why are deer so stupid? I I I don't I don't get it. How can you be so dumb? Do you want to die? Anyway, Sorry for that mini rant. But public betters are going to walk into this line so dumbfounded, being like, what? what the Eagles have lost five straight against the, 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 the Redskins. How can they make a line like that? The Redskins didn't lose that much. They replaced Pierre Garçon with Terrell Pryor. Jameson Crowder is going to bounce back here. Jordan Reed's healthy. Now, I know that the, 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 the Redskins lost Trent Murphy and Phil Taylor and Sue Cravens retired as a 22-year-old. But, like, this line doesn't make any sense. And I love when lines don't make sense when it's the Eagles' favor. Because the public is going to hammer the Redskins. I'm just telling you like it is. That's what's going to happen. And I know a lot of the public percentages are thrown off right now. But that's a lot has to do with it opening at plus two. I even liked it at plus two. I think the, I think the, the skin should be favored by four points. That's how, if, if I was guessing this line, and I like, I like guessing lines a lot. I would have said the Redskins were four-point favorites. So the Eagles being one-point favorites has me ultra-confident heading into Sunday. Now, one of the best gamblers of all time, 
a guy that has won the Super Contest twice. His name is Steve Fezzik. This guy is not some Jim Oak who, who analyzes sports. This guy uses analytics and everything to predict what's going to happen in the NFL season. Steve Fezzik is really, really high on the Eagles. Listen to this. Is there a team that the Sharps, the wise guys, Steve, like more than everybody else? Yeah, the Philadelphia Eagles, and I'm with them, Colin. I think the Eagles are going to win the division. They have upgraded at wide receiver. They have Torrey Smith. They have Jeffrey from Chicago. Second year now under Wentz and second year under the new head coach. And Lane Johnson, you want an under-the-radar MVP candidate from last year? I know he's not going to win the MVP. The big ugly on the O-line, this team, 5-1 and one when he played. They lost by one point. Their five wins by an average of 17 points. When he didn't play, they were two and eight. He got suspended 10 games. Everything points that the schedule was so difficult last year. Eagles win the division. Oh, fuck yes. Steve Fezzik is not some jamoke. Steve Fezzik is legit. This guy knows what the fuck he's talking about. I need to get I, Sunday. It's, this is going to be the longest two days of my life. If Steve Fezzik is that high and the Sharks are that high, I have a really good feeling about this team. That is not that is not some random guy commenting on the radio. That is legit smart Vegas people all over the Eagles. Eight and a half are over under right now, I'm pretty sure. Hammer that over. The hashtag hundred take of the week. We're going back to our friend Elliot. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. And it's not because you actually you didn't have a hot take. It was just this take was so mind-numbingly stupid that I almost had to do a double take. It's usually you tweeting out really something very stupid. But this but this week's hashtag 100 take of the week actually just came out an hour ago on this Friday afternoon. The two biggest keys to the Eagles season are Wentz taking a step forward and the rest of the roster staying healthy. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Elliot did it. He figured out this Eagles season. Amazing, Elliot. You are really, you've really taken a step forward in what you in what you're doing here in Philadelphia as a beat writer. Amazing. I honestly, I read that tweet as a Magic Johnson tweet. If you if you have followed Magic Johnson on Twitter, he posts the most obvious shit ever. Elliot, literally, that was a scorching hot take from Elliot. Jesus Christ, buddy, that was bad. Moving on, it's time to break down the Eagles hype video, and I have some some strong thoughts on said hype video. Not interested in people that are just interested. Nuh-uh. Give me committed. Committed with a capital C. Interested arrives on time. But you gotta tell committed when to go home. Interested shines up their participation trophy. While committed is putting more plates on the bar. Committed loves snowstorms. Alright, 30 seconds is all you need. This this hype video fucking blows. It is such a bad hype video. Who the fuck is narrating that? Who? I mean, bring back Bradley Cooper. Pay him whatever you need to pay him. I don't care if Bradley Cooper is the highest paid player, highest paid person in this organization. Who the who was that? Who was that? That was so bad. I don't care if the rest of the video looked dope visually. That was the biggest joke of a hype video I've seen from this team ever. The Eagles put out amazing videos. They put out the best videos of any four teams in this city. 
And they come out with that shit before this season. One of the most highly anticipated Eagle seasons I can remember. They come out with that shit with that narrator. I don't the the Eagles clearly got too involved in the visual graphics behind it to completely disregard the most important part of it. And that is the person narrating, narrating it. Bradley Cooper was perfect at it. This guy is is a, is a, a schmuck that shows no heart, no enthusiasm. It seems like he was just reading it. There was no intensity. Was he even from Philadelphia? Because if you're not from Philadelphia, you don't understand the Eagles. So I could I I was angry, and as you can as you can tell, I'm still angry about it. I only need 30 seconds to realize that that video was absolute horseshit, absolute horseshit. And they just re- if they redid that video. And just had Bradley Cooper reading it. Way better video. The video is a 10 out of 10. But guess what? It wasn't. It was with some schmuck. Who sucked at reading. I couldn't believe it. Yes. I will read it. If you need me to. But that's going to do it for this, this week's episode of the Counterpoint Podcast. We will be back next Friday. Yes, Friday is going to be the new day for Counterpoint Podcast. They will be out every Friday. And thank you, as always, for listening. This is what your second record, and it's the song you wrote.